0: Section 22 of Cambridge Medieval History, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Cambridge Medieval History, Volume 1, Section 22, Chapter 7, Expansion of the Teutons to AD 378 by Martin Bain. The race which played the leading part in history after the breakup of the Roman Empire was the race known as the Teutons. Their early history is shrouded in obscurity, an obscurity which only begins to be lightened about the end of the second century of our era. Such information as we have we owe to Greeks and Romans and what they give us is almost exclusively contemporary history, and the few fragmentary statements referring to earlier conditions, invaluable as they are to us, do not go far behind their own time. Archaeology alone enables us to penetrate further back. Without its aid, it would be vain to think of attempting to answer the question of the origin and original distribution of the Germanic race. The earliest home of the Teutons, was in the countries surrounding the western extremity of the Baltic Sea, comprising what is now the south of Sweden, Jutland with Schleswig-Holstein, the German Baltic coast to about the Oder, and the islands with which the sea is studded as far as Gotland. This, not Asia, is the region which, with a certain extension south, as far, say, as the great mountain chain of central Germany, may be described as the cradle of the Indo-Germanic race. According to all appearance, this was the center from which it impelled its successive waves of population towards the west, south, and southeast to take possession, in the end, of all Europe and even of a part of Asia. A portion of the Indo-Germanic race, however, remained behind in the north to emerge after the lapse of 2,000 years into the light of history as a new people of wonderful homogeneity and remarkable uniformity of physical type the people which we know as the Teutons. The expansion of the Indo-Germanic race and its division into various nations and groups of nations had, in the main, been completed during the Neolithic period, so that in the Bronze Age, roughly for the northern races, B.C. 1500 to 500, the territories which we have indicated above belonged exclusively to the Teutons, who formed a distinct race with its own special characteristics and language. The distinctive feature of the civilization of these prehistoric Teutons is the working of bronze. It is well known that in the north, a region where the Bronze Age was of long duration, a remarkable degree of skill was attained in this art. The northern Teutonic Bronze Age forms, therefore, in every respect a striking phenomenon in the general history of human progress. On the other hand, the advance in culture which followed the introduction of the use of iron was not at first shared by the northern peoples it was only about bc 500 that is to say quite five hundred years later than in greece and italy in the south of france and the upper part of the danube basin that the use of iron was introduced among the teutons the period of civilization usually known as the Hallstatt period of which the latter portion from about bc 600 onwards was not less brilliant than the later bronze age remained practically unknown to the teutons the nearest neighbors of the teutons in this earliest period were to the south the celts to the east the baltic peoples let lithuanians prussians and the slavs in the extreme north the finns how far the teutonic territories extended northward it is difficult to say the southern extremity of scandinavia that is to say the present sweden up to about the lakes certainly always belonged to them This is put beyond doubt by archeological discoveries. The Teutons, therefore, have as good a claim to be considered the original inhabitants of Scandinavia as their northern neighbors, the great Finnish people. It is certain that even in the earliest times they were expanding in a northerly direction and that they settled in the Swedish Lake District as far north as the Dal Elf in the southern part of Norway long before we have any historical information about these countries. Whether they found them unoccupied, or whether they drove the Finns steadily backward, cannot be certainly decided, although the latter is the more probable. The Sitones, whom Tacitus mentions along with the Suiones as the nations dwelling furthest to the north, were certainly Finns. On the east, the Teutonic territory, which, as we saw, did not originally extend beyond the Oder, touched on that of the Baltic peoples, who were later known collectively by a name which is doubtless of Teutonic derivation, as Eists Aestii in Tacitist, Germania, 45. To the south and east of these lay the numerous Slavonic tribes, called Venedi or Veneti by ancient writers. The land between the Oder and the Vistula was therefore in the earliest times inhabited in the north by peoples of the Leto-Lithuanian linguistic group and southward by Slavs. On this side, also, the Teutons in quite early times forced their way beyond the boundaries of their original territory. In the 6th century BC, as can be determined with considerable certainty from archaeological discoveries, the settlement of these territories by the Teutons was, to a large extent, accomplished, the Baltic peoples being forced to retire eastward, beyond the Vistula, and the Slavs toward the southeast. It is likely that the conquerors came from the north, from Scandinavia, that they sought a new home on the south coast of the baltic and towards the east and southeast to this points also the fact otherwise hard to explain that the tribes which in historic times are settled in these districts goths Gepidae, rugiae lamoviae Burgundii, carinae verinae and vandals form a separate group substantially distinguished in customs and speech from the western teutons but showing numerous points of affinity especially in language and legal usage to the northern teutons when further a series of eastern Teutonic names of peoples appear again in Scandinavia, those for instance of the Goths, Gothigoth, Gautar, Gotland, Grutungi, Griotungi, Rugians, Rugi, Riger, Rogaland, Burgundiones, Burgundar, Homer, and when we find in Jordanus the legend of the Gothic migration asserting that this people came from Scandinavia, Skansa insula. As the Officina Gentium of Certe Vellet Vagina Nationum, the evidence in favor of a gradual settlement of eastern Germany by immigrants from the north seems irresistible. By the year BC 400, at latest, the Teutons must have reached the northern base of the sudetes. It was only a step further to the settlement of the upper Vistula, and if the Bastarnae, the first Germanic tribe which comes into the light of history, had their seat here about B.C. 300, the settlement of the whole basin of the Upper Vistula, right up to the Carpathians, must have been carried out by the Teutons in the course of the 4th century B.C. It was with Celts that the Teutons came in contact towards the sources of the Oder in the mountains which formed the boundary of Bohemia. Now there is no race which the Teutons owe so much as to the Celts. The whole development of their civilization was most strongly influenced by the latter So much so, that in the centuries next before the Christian era, the whole Teutonic race shared a common civilization with the Celts, to whom they stood in a relation of intellectual dependence. In every aspect of public and private life, Celtic influence was reflected. How came it then, that a people whose civilization shows such marked characteristics as that of the Teutons of the later Bronze Age, could lose these with such surprising rapidity, perhaps in the course of a single century? The earliest habitat of the Teutons extended, as we have seen, on the south as far as the Elbe. This river also marks the northern boundary of the Celts. All Germany west of the Elbe, from the North Sea to the Alps, was in the possession of the Celts at the time when the Teutons occupied the western shores of the Baltic Basin. The vigorous power of expansion, which this race displayed in the last thousand years of the Prehistoric Age, has left its traces throughout Europe and even in Asia, and that is what gives it such importance in the history of the world. The whole of Western Europe, France with Belgium and Holland, the British Isles, and the greater part of the Pyrenean Peninsula, in the south the region of the Alps and the plains of the Po, has been, at one time or another, subject to their rule. Eastward, migratory swarms of Celts pushed their way down the Danube to the Black Sea and even into Asia Minor. The starting point of this movement was probably in what is now northwestern Germany and the Netherlands, and this region is therefore to be regarded as the original home of the Celtic race. Place names and river names, the study of which is a most valuable means of elucidating prehistoric conditions, enable us to prove the existence in many districts of this original Celtic population. They are scattered over the whole of western Germany and as far as Brabant and Flanders but occur with a special frequency between the Rhine and the Weser. In the north, the Warpbach, northeast of Bremen, marks the limits of their distribution. In the east, the course of the Lina, down to Rosope. In the south, they extend as far as the Main, where the Aschaff, anciently Aschaffa, at Aschaffenburg, forms the last outpost of their territory. They are not found on the strip of coast along the North Sea, occupied later by the Chausi and Frisians, nor on the western side of the Elbe. From this we may safely conclude that these districts were abandoned by their original Celtic population earlier, indeed considerably earlier, than those to the west of the Weser, and also that the expansion of the Teutons westwards proceeded along two distinct lines, though doubtless almost contemporaneously, one westward along the North Sea and one in a more southerly direction, up the Elbe along both its banks. With this view, the results of prehistoric archeology span are in complete agreement. We have determined the area of distribution of the Northern Bronze Age, which we saw to be specifically Teutonic, as consisting in the earlier period up to circa BC 1000 of Scandinavia and the Danish islands and also Schleswig-Holsting, Mecklenburg and West Pomerania, and therefore bounded on the Southwest by the Elbe. But in the later Bronze Age, circa B.C. 1000 to 600, this territory is enlarged in all directions. On the south and west especially, to judge from the evidence of excavations, it extends from the point at which the verta flows into the Oder, in a southwesterly direction, through the Spreewald and Flaming districts, to the Elbe, then further west to the Harz, and from there northwards, along the Oker and Aller to about the estuary of the Weser, and finally along the coastline, as far as Holland. In Thuringia, the Celtic peoples maintained their hold somewhat longer. The northern part of it, above the Unstrut, may have received a Teutonic population in the course of the 5th century BC, the southern in the course of the 4th. On the other hand, the whole region westward from the Weser and the Thuringian forest as far as the Rhine was still in the possession of the Celts about the year BC 300, and was only conquered by the Teutons in the course of the following century it may be taken as the assured result of all the linguistic and archaeological data that only about the year BC 200 the whole of northwestern Germany was held by the Teutons, who had now reached the frontier lines formed by the Rhine and the Main. About the close of the 5th century BC, a new civilization appears in the Celtic domain, a civilization which, from the fine taste and technical perfection of its productions, deserves in more than one respect to rank with that of the classical nations, this is the so-called Latin civilization, Civilisation, which takes its name from a place on the north side of the lake of Neuchâtel, where especially numerous and varied remains of it have come to light. Where its center is to be located, we do not know. Somewhere, we may conjecture, in the south of France or in Switzerland. Starting from this point, it spread through all the parts of Europe, which were not under the sway of the Greek and Roman civilization. Following the course of the Rhone, of the rhine and of the danube it rapidly conquered all the countries in which gallic tongues were spoken and maintained its supremacy until the greco-roman civilization deposed it from its primacy it was with this highly developed civilization so far superior especially in its highly advanced knowledge of the working of iron to the northern which still only made use of bronze that the teutons came in contact with their advance towards the southwest it is quite intelligible that the Teutons, in the course of their two hundred years of struggle with the Celts for the possession of northwestern Germany, should have eagerly adopted the higher civilization of the Celts. Vague reminiscences of the former supremacy of the Celtic race survived into historic times. Ac fuit antea tempus cum Germanos scali virtute supererent. ultra bella inferent propter hominum multitudinem agrique inopiam trans colonias materent, writes Caesar a piece of information which he must have derived from Gaulish sources. Here belongs also the Gallic tradition reported by Timaginus, according to which a part of the nation was said, Ab insulis extimis, confluxice et tractibus transrhenianis, crepitate velorum et adluxione feridi maris sedibus suis expulsos. Caesar himself mentions a Celtic tribe, the Menapii, on the right bank of the lower Rhine. It is impossible to avoid the conclusion that the Celtic Tariscans of northern Hungary were originally settled in south central Germany between the Erzgebirge and the Harz, but later, about b.c. 400, were forced out of this district by the pressure of the advancing Germans and retired in two sections toward the south and the southeast. About the year b.c. 200, the Teuton occupation of northwest Germany was, as we have seen, completed having reached the Rhine on the west and the Maine on the south. But the great forward movement toward the southwest was not to be stayed by these rivers. Vast waves of population kept pressing downward from the north and giving fresh impetus to the movement. The whole Germanic world must, at that time, have been in constant ferment and unrest. Nations were born and perished. Everywhere there was pressure and counterpressure. Any people that had not the strength to maintain itself against its neighbors or to strike out a new path for itself, was swept away. The tension thus set up first found relief on the Rhenish frontier. About the middle of the second century BC, Teutonic hordes swept across the river and occupied the whole country westward of the lower Rhine as far as the Ardennes and the Eiffel. These hordes were the ancestors of the later tribes and clans which meet us here in the first dawn of history, the Eburones, Condrusi, Cairoisi, Pimeni, Segni, Nervii, Grudii, and also of the Texuandri, Sunuki, by Tusii, who appear later, as well as of the Tungri, who after the annihilation of the Eburones by Caesar, succeeded to their territory and position of influence. The Treveri, on the other hand, who had their seat further to the south, beyond the Eiffel, were doubtless Celts. The Teutonic invasion of Gaul, must have taken place mainly in the second half of the 2nd century B.C., but it was still in progress in Caesar's time. It may suffice briefly to recall in this connection the successful campaign of Ariovistus, the incursion immediately before Caesar entered upon his province, of 24,000 Harudi into the country of the Sequani, the invasion of the Suebi under Nasua and Symbarius in the year 58, and of the Oesipides and Tenctary at the beginning of the year B.C. 55, that there were even later immigrations of Teutonic hosts into northeastern Gaul may be conjectured from the absence of any mention by Caesar of several of the tribes which were settled here in the time by the Empire, and this conjecture is raised almost to a certainty by the known existence of the Tungri. It was only later, in the time of the migrations of the Cimbri, and doubtless in connection therewith, that the frontier formed by the main was crossed. It was, to the best of our information, a portion of the Suebi previously settled on the northern bank of this river, who were the first to push across it, and after driving out the Helvetii, established themselves firmly to the south of the river, and were here known under the name of Marcomani, men of the marches, the name first meets us in Caesar, in the enumeration of the peoples led by Ariovistus. Their country, the Marca, extended south to the Danube, that the Tulingi mentioned by Caesar as Vinetini of the Helvetii, of germanic origin is put beyond doubt by their name which is good german and forms a pendant to that of the syringi but it will doubtless be near the truth to see in them not the whole nation of the marcomanni but only a tribe or local division of it and doubtless its advance guard towards the south in any case it is evident from caesar's account that numbering as they did around thirty six thousand of whom about eight thousand were warriors they formed a united whole with a definite territory, and were not merely a migratory body of Marcomanni gathered there, ad hoc. A remnant of the old Marcomanni of South Germany, who in the year BC 9 migrated to Bohemia, is doubtless to be found in the Suebi Necritis, whom we meet with in the time of the empire on the Lower Neckar. Further to the north, on the southern bank of the main, near Mittenberg, we find the name of the Tautoni, in an inscription which came to light in the year 1878 hereupon certain scholars have arrived at the conviction that this locality was the original home of the Teutonis, whom we hear of in association with the cimbri and so that they were not of germanic but of celtic origin being of helvatic race and identified with the helvatic local clan of the teugen of strabo this hypothesis must be absolutely rejected there must have been some connection between those teutoni and the teutoni of history but to conclude without more ado that the Teutoni were Havedi, South German Celts, is to do direct violence to the whole body of ancient tradition, which consistently represents the Teutoni as a people whose original home was in the north. The simplest solution of the difficulty is that the mittenberg Teutoni were a fragment which split off from the Teutonic peoples during their migration southward and settled in this district, just as in northeastern Gaul a portion of the Simbri and Teutones maintained itself as the tribe of the Aduatuci the whole process of the expulsion of the celts from south germany must have been accomplished between bc one hundred and seventy for caesar knows of no gauls on the right bank of the upper rhine and the helveti had been living for a considerable time to the south of the headwaters of the river which as caesar tells us divides helvetic from german territory the first collision between the teutons and the greco-roman world took place far to the east of gaul it resulted from a great migration of the eastern teutonic tribes in the neighborhood of the vistula which had carried some of them as far as the shore of the black sea the chief of these tribes was that of the bestarni settled it would seem before their exodus near the headwaters of the vistula they appear as early as the beginning of the second century bc near the estuary of the danube the whole region north of the pruth from the black sea to the northern slope of the carpathians was in their possession and remained so during all the time that they are known to history. Another Germanic tribe, doubtless dependent upon them, meets us in the same district, namely the Shiri from the lower Vistula. The well-known and much-discussed Psefuma of the town of Albia in honor of Protogenes mentions them as allied with the Galatae, and there has been much debate as to what nation is to be understood by these Galatae and they have sometimes been conjectured to be Illyrian Celts, Scordisci; sometimes Thracian, sometimes the also-Celtic Britolages, or the Teutonic Bastarnae, or even the Goths. The majority of scholars has, however, decided that these Galatians are the Bastarnae, whose presence in the neighborhood of Albia in the year BC 182 is attested by Polybius. There is, indeed, much in favor of this hypothesis, and nothing against it. The inscription, then, which is proved by the character of the writing to be one of the oldest found in this locality, would have been written about the time of the arrival of the Bastarnae at the estuary of the Danube, that is to say, about BC 200 to 180, and would therefore be the earliest documentary evidence for the entrance of the Germanic tribes on the field of general history. As early as the year BC 182, we find the Bastarnae in negotiations with Philip of Macedon. Philip's plan was to get rid of the Dardanians, and after settling his allies on the territory thus vacated, to use it as a base for an expedition against Italy. After long negotiations, the Bastarnae in 179 abandoned their lately won territory, crossed the Danube, and advanced into Thrace. At this point, King Philip died, and after an unsuccessful battle with the Thracians, the Bastarnae began a retreat to the settlement which they had abandoned but a detachment of some thirty thousand men under clondicus pressed on into dardania with the aid of the thracians and scordiscans and with the connivance of philip's successor perseus he pressed the dardanians hard for a time but at last in the winter of 175 he also decided to retire in rome the intrigues of the macedonian kings had been watched with growing mistrust and displeasure which found expression in the dispatch of a commission to investigate the situation in Macedonia and especially on the Dardanian border this therefore is the first occasion on which the roman state had to concern itself with Teutonic affairs at that time it is true the racial difference between celts and Teutons was not yet recognized and the Bastarnae were therefore supposed to be Gauls before very long 168 we find the Bastarnae again in relations with the king of Macedon 20000 men again under the command of Clondicus, were to join him in his struggle with the Romans in Paeonia. But Perseus was blinded by avarice, and failed to keep his promises. Clondicus, therefore, who had already reached the country of the mighty, promptly turned to the rightabout and marched home through Thrace. From this point they disappear from history for a time, only to reappear in the Mithridatic Wars as allies of that king, and they consequently appear also in the list of the nations over whom Pompey triumphed in the year 61. End of section 22